G'day and welcome to On The Road. My name's Scott Gibbons and On The Road is your show. It's a show where we, we travel, we go all around this great nation of ours, we talk about caravans, we talk about motorhomes, we talk about tents, places we can go, places we can see, places we can enjoy and it's just a fun show. So if you're ready to go on the road, I'm ready to go on the road, let's go on the road together, here we go. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons, we're on the road, and it's so good to be on the road with you, and I've missed you, I've missed you all week, it's just been one of those fabulous, fabulous weeks, hasn't it, and one of the fabulous parts about it is, if you're in New South Wales, and I know our show goes national, but if you're in New South Wales, then the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, has brought in reduced tolls if you're towing a boat, a caravan, or a horse float. So reduce tolls. Now, with the exception of the Harbour Bridge and the Harbour Tunnel, and that's fair, but what she's done is she's brought them in more in line with the cost of the toll for a regular car. So this comes in in November, but she's winding it back so you get the benefit or the rebate, if you will, until June 1. Oh, so it starts in November, but winds it back to June 1. I think that's just fabulous. What a, a wonderful, wonderful gift for all of you who are towing a boat a caravan, or a horse float. Just terrific. I think that's great. Now, speaking of great, and thank you, Gladys Berejiklian, for that, our fabulous premiere. Speaking of great, Jacqueline Bold. Jacqueline Bold of Bold Trailer and Caravan Repair Centre at, at Caring Bar. She sent me through this information. I thought it was so good. There's a new, a very clever, very intelligent road safety program that's just started. And I'm going to try and explain it to you, but it's it's pretty simple, but it's it's a little bit visual. So, and, and it's coming in now. It's in some parts of Queensland and, and some parts of New South Wales, and it's coming in now. So if you're towing a caravan or you've got your motorhome and you're driving along and somebody's very close to you and you you can sense that they want to get by and you're, you're doing a comfortable speed anyway. You're comfortable at the speed you're going. You don't want to go any faster. Uh, but you're you're aware that there's a you know there's some vehicles behind you that want to get by, and that's that's a fair thing. So what's happening is that you know the white poles, the little white posts are on the sides of the road, and they normally have a red reflector on them. Well, on some of those, what you'll find is that there will be a, a another series of green, three green reflectors on that post. This isn't everywhere. This is some some places. And that three green reflectors will say, and what it indicates to you is that in about 500 metres, there's going to be a safe area for you to pull in. So you'll be able to pull in, let that other traffic go by. How clever is that? Now, at around about 250 metres, there'll be another one of those white poles with two green reflectors. And about 100 metres, again, there'll be another white pole with one green reflector indicating that's where you can pull in and you're safe. Is that clever? I think it's clever. So it's currently on the Burnett Highway in Queensland and it's some parts of New South Wales. They're giving it a tryout now, but so good. So if you're driving along, you've got your caravan, you're doing that lovely pace that you're comfortable with, but you, you look in your mirrors and you can see, oh, there's a bit of a, a bit of a traffic build up behind you and you know you want to pop in, you want to pull in and let them go by because we're on holidays, you know, we're, we're just travelling, we're just doing our thing. So... You see one of these white posts with a little red reflector and it's got three green reflectors. That's saying to you in 500 metres time, there's going to be a pulling spot. There'll be another white post with a little red reflector and two that says in about 250 metres time you can pull in. 
There'll be another white post, red reflector, one green reflector, and that says get ready to pull in because your spot is there. I think that is just terrific. Just terrific. Now, speaking of terrific, where are we going to go this week? Well, we're going to go to Cooper Pedy. Now, it's in South Australia. And the greynomads.com.au, they had this beaut thing in there, and it's all about it. It says if it's part of the reason that the grey nomads hit the open road. And that's to learn all about the country and the experience, the different ways that Australians live. And, and a trip to Cooper it's like a, it's a near mythical place. It's an absolute must to go. The opal mining capital of the world is Cooper and it could scarcely be more remote or more unusual. It's, it's located deep in the harsh, the dusty South Australian outback. It's about 850 kilometres north of Adelaide and about 680 kilometres south of Alice Springs. And when you go there, when you go there, you will never forget it. Never. So since Opal was discovered there in 1915, there's been a small army of adventurers and misfits and renegades and good old-fashioned fortune seekers, and they've blown and blasted their way through swathes of the area's desolate landscape. But not content with extracting a living from beneath the Earth's surface, around half of the town's 3,500 population also choose to make their homes there. And the underground residences, they're known as dugouts, and they remain at a constant temperature of 23 to 25 degrees. How good is that? 23 to 25 degrees constantly. Now then, if you go above ground, the residents sometimes bake in near 50 degree temperatures. Whoa, <laughs> that's hot. So the area produces about 70% of the world's precious opal, and it's no surprise, no surprise that most visitors try their hand at noodling, and that's basically fossicking through the heaps of discarded mullock for opal pieces that might have been missed, might have been missed by the miners. I reckon very missed if you found one. <laughs> well, that was, it's not quite as free and easy as it once was because too many people were disappearing down the endless mine shafts, so some noodling areas are still open to the public, but... And when they leave those mine shafts there, you can be walking along and gone. <laughs> if you're gone, you're gone, maybe. But Cooper Petey, whose, whose name came from the Aboriginal term Cooper Pity, uh, it, it, it's, it appeared on the Grey Nomad na- map uh, where the Stuart Highway was fully sealed back in about 1987. So there's several caravan parks near town. The most unusual, which is Reba's, where you can, you can camp underground although you might have to leave your rig on the surface. <laughs> There's no shortage of entertainment in a place like Cooper Petty because it's jam-packed with quirky people, quirky places, the characters there, you've got the unforgettable scenery, and... There's authentic underground homes, and you can explore some of those as well. And they've got underground museums, and they've got opal shops, and they've got art galleries, and underground churches, and of course, the opal mines. And it's just an amazing place. So 30k or so out of town is Breakaways Reserve. There's got a collection there of, of colourful low hills which are broken away from the Stuart Range and, and gazing out the lookouts. And it's easy to see. It's an amazing, it's a, like a moon landscape. And it's attracted so many filmmakers. So, you know, bad. It's just one of those great places. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. If you're going to do that, well, you might as well have. It's one of those places that if you're going to go to, it takes time to get there. And when you get there, you're going to take time. If you're going to take time, you might as well listen to Rusty Wiley. And Rusty Riley sings, It Takes Time. And if you haven't heard this, this is from 1971. Rusty Wiley has the most, or one of the most amazing voices. It's just a calm, calm voice. And I think, here it goes. 
It takes time. Rusty Wiley. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. It's good to be with you. Gee, it is good to be with you. Here we go. Rusty Wiley. It takes time. It takes time to move a mountain. It takes time for love to be. You never really caged in, but you're never really free. It takes time for all the answers to be dealt with properly. And everybody knows that it takes time. Something like a season, people sometimes change. Actions and their reasons For the feelings stays the same They're working out their troubles Looking for peace of mind And everybody knows That it takes time It takes time to move a mountain It takes time for love to be You're never really caged in But you're never really free It takes time for all the answers to be dealt with properly And everybody knows it takes time I can feel the sunshine, I can feel the rain There's two sides to a story, friend, and two sides still remain It don't seem long for happiness to give you peace of mind Everybody knows it takes time mm, It takes time to move a mountain It takes time for love to be You never really came to end But you're never really free It takes time for all the answers To be dealt with properly And everybody knows that it takes time Yeah, it takes time to move a mountain It takes time for love to be You're never really caged in But you're never really free It takes time for all the answers Oh, it takes time, eh? Rusty Wiley, God, he's got a good voice. Just love his voice. Now, we love Aussie products on this show, don't we? We love Aussie products, and I try and bring you an Aussie product of the week each week, obviously. And the one this, I hope you've got your pencil handy, your pencil, your bit of chalk, your bit of old crayon, whatever you've got, because this is just such a beaut product, and everybody, everybody can use it. It's called Grant's Natural Toothpaste. Now, we all go out and buy toothpaste, and most of the brands we buy are internationally owned, but not Grant's. Grant's is an Australian-owned natural toothpaste, and they've been going for a long time. So, But you can buy it. This is the beaut part about it. You might not have ever seen it, but it's in Woolies. It's in Coles. It's in GoVita, Chemist Warehouse, in Priceline. They've got kids' toothpaste as well. And the beaut thing about Grant's toothpaste is in 2020, they won. This is the Grant's Fresh Mint with Fluoride. It won the CanStar Blue Award for the most satisfied customers of a toothpaste. Isn't that fabulous? And it's Aussie. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie made here. Grant's, G-R-A-N-T-S, natural toothpaste. So next time you want some toothpaste, hey, you can support the Aussies now and they're supporting you. So that's really, really good. I did, uh, I went out and saw Kate because, I, gee, I had such good feedback. Good feedback on the interview with Kate last week from Paravan. So I've got another interview coming up. But before we do that, keep that pencil handy because 
if you have Spotify, all of the podcasts of our shows are on Spotify. So if you go into Spotify, you can find the shows. You just go to On The Road Media and you will find them on the road media, and you go into Spotify and you do that. Facebook, hey, join our Facebook page. We just started this up. I was just talking to Jason only a couple of minutes ago, and he said, Scotty, we're starting up a Facebook page. It's called On the Road Media as well. So if you go to Facebook, On the Road Media, that would be terrific. Hey, if you know anybody that wants to be a sponsor, you just get them onto us. In fact, you can ring them up. We've got a phone number now. We've actually got a phone number. You've got the pencil handy again, one three hundred. 535-711, And while I'm doing an ad, let me tell you what's coming up a little bit later in the day because Phil C is doing Aussie flashbacks. That's four to six on Sundays. Four to six on Sundays, Phil C will be doing Aussie flashbacks. And this week's special guest, I'm telling you, he's got Glenn Shorrick. Glenn Shorrick. You know, the Twilights, Axiom, Little River Band, uh, Bertel Shorrick Gable, Oh, so many songs, Needle in a Haystack, Little Ray of Sunshine. In fact, I'll play one of those for you in a little while. But I want you, I want you to have a little listen to Kate. I did a little interview with Kate and she's going to tell you about, you know, when you're trying to buy, and we the, the last song we played for you was It Takes Time, or when you're trying to buy a new van, it does take time because you've got your research that you're doing and then you've got to order it and it takes time to get something right. And that's what Kate's going to do for you. So let's have a little listen to Kate's interview now. I think you're really going to get something out of it. It'll be fabulous. And I'll be, I'll give you a song after that. And the song we're going to play, uh, let me do, let me do. What will we do for Kate? We'll do something really terrific. I know she likes Australian Crawl. She does like Australian Crawl. So I'll find something from Australian Crawl for you and we'll do that. So here you go. Here you go. Here's Kate right now. G'day, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road, and we are on the road today. And I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm with, with Kate Minogue, and she does the after-sales support at Paravans at Windsor. Now, you know I talk about Paravans all the time because they're really good people. And they've got a massive selection of new caravans and a huge selection of used caravans. In fact, the new caravans that they're doing, they've just expanded the range. Katie, you've just got a new brand in that you're representing. Oh, Scott, indeed, yeah. We're very excited about this. We've had our other two brands, the River Van uh, and the Atlantic Car, for quite a few years now, and we've just added the Regent brand as well, which we're really excited about. That's terrific. Now, I've had a look at the three. I've just gone through all the models, and they are beautiful vans. Indeed. So when people buy, and there's a beautiful choice that you've got, and you've got to help them, whether they're getting single axle or dual axle, and, and because you're helping with the after sales as well, aren't you? So Absolutely. You've, you've got to nurse it all the way through from the factory to handover? Absolutely. Well, actually what I do is uh, when you buy, um, I'll put your order into the factory. Um, anything that you need to discuss or change anything, uh, you have a chat with me and we can guide you through. So if the people want to customise the van to their own desires, that's where you come in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, that's very, very good. So you do all the detail. I try. Yes. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen you do it and you are so good at it. So when people buy, let's assume their their new van's arrived, it's gone through pre-delivery, it's all shiny and pretty and it's ready for handover. What's the next thing that happens? Is, is Are they ready to go camping straight away or what do they need? If they're 
they're a new owner, um, obviously there's going to be some things that they need, some accessories. Um, your main things, you're going to need something to connect to the caravan parks that you go to. So you need your um, extension lead, has to be a 15 amp extension lead, a water hose, a waste hose, uh, things like towing mirrors, um, coupling locks, all sorts of things. We can show you around in our accessory shop and point things out for you. So when you say, and this, that's a very valid point that you just made about the power lead. So people might think, well, I've got a power lead at home. I can go to Bunnings and buy one. But that's not the case, is it? No. Well, it has to be a 15-amp one. All your caravan parks will have a 15-amp um, power source that you need to connect to. So it's got the bigger earth pin down the bottom. Um, yeah, please don't use your 10-amp So if you use your normal domestic one, you're likely to cause damage. You just don't know what's going to happen. They're just not strong enough. Right. So the 15 amp, obviously being 10 amp to 15, it's 50% stronger, 50% bigger. So that's great. So, and you can supply those leads. Can indeed. Alrighty. And then you mentioned the water hose. Yep. So we sell a food grade water hose here. So a garden hose, everyone's got a garden hose, they wouldn't just use that? Well, you, you certainly can. Certainly the connections are the same. Um, but if you want uh, your water to taste a bit plasticky, you know, a bit plasticky, yeah. you may go ahead and do that. But yeah, food grade's the way to go. Oh, so the domestic water hose, the garden hose everyone has, that will taste plasticky. It can do, yes. Right, and so the food grade one, yep, that's no the good thing. Yep, and fill up your tanks and there's no odour in. And, in and they get that from you as well. Absolutely, yes. That's a good thing to do. Yes. So what's the other thing? You mentioned towing mirrors, and that's because the caravan's wider than their normal vehicle and they need to see further to the rear is that right well you you do want to be safe on the road but also you have to comply with the law um now all the states have had their different laws but in new south wales um your side or your car mirrors have to be wider than the caravan so if they're not wider than the caravan you need to have an extension mirror onto them ah very good and even if it is just a little bit wider um it's always good to have that extra viewing yes so that you know when you're about to overtake someone you can have a look what's coming behind. very true and and telling mirrors are essential i know i use mine all the time well you have to it's the law as you say so i use mine all the time but the comfort that you get out of having those there because you can see right the way back very very peace of mind that's the word so what else should people have what's the the next things that they should consider okay you need to um they they're just your main ones um to connect but if you want some comfort things um and certainly things like um toilet chemicals um things like matting to go in your cupboards um we've got extra little spare bits and pieces um that that will just include yes aren't you good you are good so the the matting that you're talking about that goes inside the cupboards that's to stop things bouncing around if you've got your favorite little glass and whatnot it's got a little bit of absolutely a little, se- little bit of security so that's nice. um you can stick your plates on there and they're not going to slide around yeah now you've got different vans that you help people get because you've got touring vans and and they've got a certain type of suspension and then you have maybe a a, a semi-off-road van and that's got a different suspension again and then you can have a fair income off-road van and that's even heavier duty again what are you finding people are are buying now you've got a lot of people still buying touring vans because they like the black top and and just the comfort we've got a lot of people still buying the touring vans because um a lot of the updates lately is that you can still take it onto a um a, a dirt road um a lot of our vans are being built so that the insides are capable of of off-road and it's a matter of um what's the suspension which dictates where you can go oh that's very good to Alrighty. know so, so the inside the structural 
integrity of the inside of the van is still good. Yeah, it's still built the same. It's what's underneath the van that will, you know, lend itself to being um, a semi-off-road or a full off-road. Yeah. Yes. So if people wanted to have a look at the different suspensions, you've always got them in... On always display. got them got plenty of um stock models and they'll have all your your independent coil um you'll have your um your couplings your off-road couplings um we've also got standard leaf spring suspension um your 15 inch wheels your 16 inch wheels um we can show you it all lovely now i believe and i think i'm pretty right when i say this if people buy a used van from paravans then you, you do a workshop test on it as well? Absolutely. Every van that's bought goes through our, our workshop and has a pre-delivery test on it. Um, when you come to pick up, we show you everything working. So your fridge, your aircon, your stove, your microwave, your hot water system, it's all shown working in front of you. You get a full service on your wheels so your bearings are cleaned and repacked and you know that you don't have to do that again for another 12 months. Right, and the brakes? Brakes absolutely checked um, and adjusted if needed. Wow. All right. So all the electrical items are checked. So you check the lights and the fridge and the hot everything. water service and, and you'll show the customer before they drive away that all those things are working. Absolutely. Full comprehensive handover um, can take between one to three hours, depending on, you know, how many questions you ask. Yeah. Um, but absolutely, as long as you need, that's what we'll take. Isn't that wonderful? So I guess that's why so many people come to Paravans again and again. And again. I know I was here one day and, and I met a man and he had bought his fourth caravan from Paravans. I remember that. I remember that. Ah, man. I was yes. pretty impressed. Yes, yes. So, Katie, you've just been just fabulous. Thank you for your time today. It's just wonderful of you. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate right. it. But if people want to find out more, then they just go to Paravans and you can tell them the phone number for Paravans. Certainly can. 4577 5577. What an easy number. And remember, that's got an 02 up front because they're in New South Wales. They're just up at Windsor. And I tell you, if you want to meet nice people, you just come up to Windsor and you see them. Okay, good on you, Katie. Thanks, Scott. Oh, she's fabulous, Kate, isn't she? She's fabulous. And I said to her, or I asked her, what sort of customers do you get? And she says, Scott, I only get beautiful people. So if you're going to have beautiful people, you might as well have beautiful people by Australian Crawl. Here's Australian Crawl, beautiful people. This is for you, Kate, and everybody else that likes Australian Crawl. We'll be back with you right after this. Hey, we're on the road. It's Scott Gibbons here. It's good to be with you. And this is Australian Crawl, beautiful people.
Australian crawl. Thanks, Kate, for requesting that. That's a beauty. Now, Betty and Jim, who are regular listeners to the show, they said, can you tell us a little bit about what to do when we're on the road as far as working? Because sometimes being on holidays is, you're on holidays all the time, you're seeing the sights, but you want to have a bit of a break from all the holidays, so you want a bit of a job. So what sort of things can you do? Great question. So I did a little bit of research. Uh, Grainnomads.com.au, they come in real handy. And one of the things they suggested was house sitting and farm sitting. Now, that's, that's a terrific thing to do because the people who are on properties, they want to go away. When we can go away, when we can go away, they want to go away and they need somebody to look after their property. So just as many grain nomads leave their home, in the, hair, in the care of house sitters while they're away, and other grey nomads seek to do a little house sitting as they travel. Now, it's not generally, not generally a paid position. It does offer rent-free accommodation and a few of the often missed comforts of home, but for many long-term travellers, it does provide the perfect opportunity to catch your breath. You, you take a break from, <laughs> if you like, the rigours of the road, and, and you get to plan the next stage of your adventure. So house-sitting opportunities, well, they range in length. It might be a few weeks. It could be a few months. And there's a number of established agencies that can help you find a vacancy, but some of them charge a listing fee and they carry out character checks and they might require references and you'll be going into somebody else's home and normally with all of their furniture and their personal belongings still there. So they'll want to be very comfortable with who you are. So a house sitter's duties, they normally include keeping the house and the gardens neat and tidy and forwarding the mail or the phone messages or caring for their pets and generally being a presence around the house so that you're deterring unwanteds, if you will. So many wonderful friendships have been established this way, and it's always interesting to get an insight into how people in a different part of the country live. So people with small farms, they commonly see reliable people to care for their property while they're away, and the, the positions often include heavier duties if you want, so you can be general maintenance or animal feeding, and for that you may get a small wage, but basically many times you you will take your RV and you park your RV and they supply the water for you and they supply the electricity and you look after yourself. You, you still live in your RV, but you've got the comforts and you know, you're feeding some beautiful animals and looking after some beautiful gardens and, and doing things. The, the other thing you can do, of course, is you can pick up some odd jobs. So if you're trying to do the sums, but you, you can't make the finances for your total adventure add up, don't despair. There's, there's, there will be plenty of work out there. And it, and it doesn't have to be negative work. It can be mute work. So you get some people who have financed their trip around Australia just by picking up odd jobs. And, and then you can have the time of your life. Like you, you might spend, say, three months in Darwin and you might do some cleaning or, or you, might, you might help out at a school or you might clean the, the police headquarters or whatever. There's so many things you can do. You might work in a bar. Um, you know, floor polishers are always needed, people who can handle those big machines and whatnot. Some some people will have a crack at almost anything. So whatever you want to do, there's always odd jobs that you can do. Some of the best places to find those is, is in the supermarket. You'll often go into a supermarket and there's a, a, a wall, a board wall up, if you will, and it's got all the little odd jobs on there that you can do. You might want to, you might want to, uh, let's see, Australia's tourism industry, it's going to just blossom all over again. Now, before COVID struck, 
uh, Andrew McAvoy, who was Managing Director of Tourism Australia, he declared that the time had come, the time had come to seek the help of the Grain Nomad travelling community and tap into their knowledge, their expertise and experience as they travelled around Australia. So he told a gathering of tourism bigwigs in Canberra that a whopping 36,500 positions remained unfilled in the tourism and hospitality industries. And so they were roles that would be perfect for the Grain Nomads. So regional Australia... In particular, they had an acute shortage of hotel staff, resort staff, restaurant staff, because some of the young people were shying away from service-based roles. And and the industry leaders warned that the the skills crisis could damage our our tourism business. And so in come the grey nomads again. So the grey nomads come in riding their white horse. So you'll see them, the grey nomads will travel around Australia and they will see an opportunity and you can grab it. So, you know, with 36,500 jobs out there, that was some... And not all of them, not all of them were hard. Some of them might have been on some of the islands, like, you know, the luxury islands, like Hayman Island and whatnot. They employ about 300 staff. And generally, they were having about 70 or 80 vacancies at any one time. And, and that's a problem that could wreck service levels. So the Grey Nomads, again, that you can come riding in on your white horse. So um, if, if you've got your references with you, uh, if you've got your police check with you, if you've got your clearance for working with children with you, those things, look, they cost a few dollars to get done. But by golly, it'll, it'll make all the difference, I reckon, in, in getting you the job. And rural employers, they need honest, reliable, hardworking people. So there you go. So if you're happy to be you know, waiting tables... So you can go touring during the day, doing all the things you want to do, maybe wait tables at night, and that would be good. That would be good. Now, camp hosting is one of the amazing things. I don't know whether you know much about camp hosting, but it's clever, and it's, it's happening through much of Australia. So you can, you'll find that the national parks, their staff levels you know, are not as big as they necessarily need them to be. So if, if you can be a campground host... Uh, in New South Wales, for instance, uh, New South Wales National Park Rangers, they need people who can meet and greet the campers and help them enjoy the park experience in the campground. So uh, what do you need to apply? Well, it's various things, but the benefits to become a campground host, well, you, you generally assist the public in the mornings and the evenings and at mealtimes, so there's plenty of time for you to enjoy the park. You can volunteer for the summer or maybe even the Easter holidays or maybe even both. You get you get a free campsite access at a participating national park when you volunteer and you've got the opportunities to get together with other campground hosts, hosts at training workshops and reunion events held during the year and the camping facilities and the meals during your training will be provided at no cost. Uh, so what do you do? Well, you, you might help with the site bookings, you might help with the checking in, the checking out, directing campus Uh, You might be taking the payments off them, showing them where their campsite is, promoting the walks and the activities, giving them some information, showing them the local attractions or talking about the local attractions that are there, providing campground safety and fire safety and making sure that the total fire band day regulations are maintained. And of course, notifying rangers if there's any offence or any issue that's coming along. Now, you've got to be prepared. A campground host, you're required to stay a minimum of a week, which is seven days. And, and that would be during either the Easter or summer holidays. Now, I'm talking about New South Wales at this point, but the national parks around Australia, you'll find most of them have got a similar thing. So there's training available, selected 
Selected successful applicants will attend a training workshop so that you're eligible. They give you the training dates and the locations. That's all discussed. There is compulsory training. But by golly, what, what a joy that would be. You get to work in a national park. You get to live in a national park. You get to do various things. I, I think that's just fabulous. That's just fabulous. So you've got so many things that you can do. And if, of course, if you've got a trade, oh, by golly, if you've got a trade, you know, you can go, if you're a hairdresser or a plumber or a builder or anything like that, you put your little your little uh, uh, nameplate up wherever you go. If you go into a caravan park and you, and you say, look, I do hair or I do nails or I do this or that, oh, it's going to make a hell of a difference. You know, you're, you're going to have a good time with all the other people there, of course, you're not charging as much as everybody else, and that's butte. That is the butte part about it. Now, I said, and I promised you that we'd give you a butte time, and I said that tomorrow, oh, sorry, not tomorrow, today, between four and six, Phil C, who's got his Aussie flashbacks, and he'll be having as his special guest, Glenn Shorrock. Well, Glenn Shorrock's always been one of my favourites. I met Glenn years ago when he was doing a gig up at the Hunter Valley, and I just, I just love Noodle in a Haystack because when you go and try and find a job, it's not going to be that hard. It's not going to be like a Noodle in a Haystack. So what about we have a little bit of Glenn Shorrick. Don't forget, Phil C's on, Aussie Flashback. And he does, if you want to do a request, he'll do a request for you as well. So you can do that. Uh, and, and if you give Phil a call on 1300 593 400, 1300 593 400, you can put a request, as long as it's an Aussie request. Long as it's Aussie. I ring him through last week and made a request as well. He played Axiom for me. <laughs> Ironically, that was Glenn Shorrick as well. So here's Glenn Shorrick, Needles at a Haystack, or Needle at a Haystack. You enjoy that. I'm going to enjoy it. I am going to enjoy it. So we'll be back with you in a little while. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. This show is called On the Road. And you can go onto our website now if you want to. It's ontheroadmedia.com. .au. That'll give you contact details for us. And if you're a sponsor and you want to find out more about the show and you want to get, get your product on the show, by golly, that'd be good because we go national. We're national. We're all over the place. So here we go. Here's Glenn Shorrick, Needle and Haystack. We're back to you in a little while. It's Scott Gibbons. Gee, it's good being with you.
Ah, uh, yeah, Glenn Shorrock and the Twilights. How good is Glenn Shorrock? He's terrific. And you're going to hear more of him, more of him. Phil C's going to have him very, very shortly, this afternoon between four and six. So you keep listening. So Dometic did a thing a little while ago and it was all about various parts of, of what happens to some of the parts in your four-wheel drive, in your camper, in your motorhome, whatever it be. And one of the questions was, how much solar do you need to charge a 100-amp-hour battery? And, and the answer is very fair. It says an exact amount cannot be provided because there's many factors to be taken into account. Uh, as, but as a general rule, during the peak summer temperatures, you get approximately five hours of full sunlight per day, and in order to charge a 100-amp-hour 100, uh, absorbent glass mat battery, that's an AGM battery, that's been discharged to 50%, you'll need about five hours of charging at 10 amp-hours per hour to recharge back to capacity, which is equivalent to a minimum of a 180-watt solar panel of max performance. So the answer is you need to buy something that's at least 180 maybe better to try and give yourself uh, those daylight hours to recharge your battery, allowing that it's been down to 50%. And then should you, should you uh, need to charge a battery before you put it into storage? Absolutely. So if you've got a battery and you're just going to store it because you think, well, I don't need that for a while, uh, you're best to use uh, like a drip feeder, you know, a little drip feeder. You put your battery on charge and it just drip feeds in and it keeps your battery charged, even though it's storing. So it's not charging a lot of... You, you're not paying a lot of electricity to do that. Oh, but gee, they make a lot of difference. A lot of difference. It just it stops it just stops your battery dying, keeps your battery charged. It lets your battery think it's alive. You know, this thing will click out and then click back in when, it, when your battery drops to a certain level. So the battery thinks, hey, I'm alive, I'm good, everything's fine. Another question I had was, do I clean the filters or how do I clean the filters in their air conditioner. Well, to clean your air conditioning filters, you remove the filters from the unit safely without damaging it and you wash them with warm, soapy water and you ensure that the filters have dried completely, <laughs> completely before you reinstall them. So you just take the filters out of your air conditioner, remove them very, very gently, be nice to them, wash them with warm, soapy water but and then make sure they're super dry before you reinstall them. So that's a goodie. Another question was how long uh, will your, your car fridge run on your car battery? What a good question that is. How long? There is no answer. There's no answer. After you turn the car ignition off, the length of runtime will vary depending upon so many factors such as the size and the condition of your car and the battery, uh, what model fridge you've got, what temperature you've set the fridge to, what the ambient temperature is outside. So generally speaking, the runtime will be quite short so long enough for you to duck in and grab a few supplies and whatnot but the thing to do the thing to do is to have a second battery so if you've got a dual battery and one battery that's just for your accessories that's a clever tip to do now speaking of clever tips uh, and i'll talk about him in a little while i was out with off-road systems uh, only yesterday off-road systems you hear me talk about them regularly they are a great company and i was talking to graham and and he's got a lithium battery in his vehicle he says the lithium battery lasts twice as long and charges up twice as quick so there's a hint if you're going to get a battery yes they cost more but they last twice as long charge up twice as quick it's he's just so impressed with it and he does a lot 
uh, everybody who goes in and gets a draw system and things, they always, always want something electrical done, and he does all the, well, he makes sure that all the electricals are done properly for those fittings anyway. So there you go. That, there's a good little clue for you if you're going to get a second battery. There's a clue. Um, how long can you run your fridge when you're free camping? Well, again, the, the same factors come into it. So, uh, and they're going to affect the runtime. So the variables such as how frequently you open your fridge, the number of warm products being placed in your fridge, the ambient temperature, the size of your accessory battery, for example. If you use a little battery, that's different. If you use a bigger battery, that's different. So, you know, run times are going to depend upon so many factors. A solar, solar charger, that might be the good thing for you to do. That might be the good thing. So when you're camping, have a little solar battery charger. That might be good. <clears throat> Pardon me, might be just a mat that you need or whatever. Oh, this is a good question. Oh, you hear this one so often. Can you use olive oil to lubricate the seals on your cassette toilet? So can you use olive oil to lubricate your seals on your cassette toilet? Well, according to Dometic, it's not recommended to use olive oil to lubricate the seals as it can, oh, this is so important, it can deteriorate the material of your toilet, it can breed bacteria, and it can attract insects. Oh, golly, none of those are good. <laughs> you don't want to do that. So it could breed bacteria and attract insects and deteriorate the material of your toilet. Not good. And additionally, olive oil doesn't contain additives for formal mechanical lubrication. So they recommend, this is Dometic, and they're pretty big, <laughs> they recommend using a silicon spray to lubricate the seals of your cassette toilet. I reckon that's got to be hint of the day. I reckon, hint of the day. <laughs> uh, here's a goodie. Do you need to remove the hot water from your water tank when you're not travelling? And the answer is it's recommended to remove any remaining water in your tank when it's not being used for a period of time because it can breed bacteria and then deteriorate the material of your water tank. So there's some, there's some good clues. There's some good clues. Now, I mentioned off-road systems, and I mentioned they're, they're, they do the most amazing draw kits. Now, bearing in mind, off-road systems are Australian. They're Australian. So they manufacture here. They're owned by Australians. They're just fabulous. And their products are outstanding, outstanding, with, with three or four or five exclamation marks after that. But... You can get them to install it for you, so they'll create... Here's the difference. You don't get something just straight out of the box. They will create whatever you want. So they, whatever you can come up with, if it's creatable, they'll create it for you. And, but if you want to, if you're a bit of a handyman or a handy person, as we've got to say nowadays, then you can save a few dollars if you want to build your own set of drawers, and they will start you off with a huge range of do-it-yourself products. So they do it... Your self-kits, they're a great solution for the home handy person, the budget conscious. So the kits are supplied with as little or as much of the componentry as you need. So depending upon what you want to achieve as the end result. So they get varying inquiries from people who want a really basic system and they've got quite a bit of material at home. So the people at home might have some spare plywood or some spare carpet or some spare hardware as well as people who want to build something completely different to suit their particular needs. So if you're building a system, say, in a camper trailer or a caravan, and maybe you want to use your vehicle, maybe you just want to use it around the farm, and you can't justify the use or the cost of carpet, maybe you just want to buzz around or you get the buzz from, from doing what you want to do, then whatever the case, 
they're able to help you. And they've got, there's no obligation to purchase all of the do-it-yourself parts. You can simply buy, if you just want to buy the, a drawer and a frame uh, with its smooth, easy glide runners, you do that. They are the most easy to get along with people. You, you will love them. They are just so good. So whatever you want to create, they'll create. So you can have single frames, you can have dual frames. If you want to buy the runners or the fridge side panel or the lock and handle kit, uh, I was watching their CNC machine uh, cut some timber the other day, some ply. Now, bear in mind, they build they build out of uh, ply, they build out of steel, and they build out of aluminium. So you choose the material, uh, but if you want the draw fronts, if you want the marine-grade carpet, the liner and the trim, oh, and that's so good. Oh, one of the clever things they do is they don't glue down the carpet. They don't glue down the carpet so that if you have a spill then you don't have to try and rip that carpet out uh, to clean it. No, you can just lift their carpet. Oh, it's beautifully cut, beautifully positioned. It's fabulous. But if you have a spill, you can just lift theirs out, wash it, do whatever you want to do. If you need to replace it, just let them know and, and they can send you out a replacement. So good. So if you need cargo barrier shelf kits or you need cargo barrier shelf panels, bolt kits, wing support kits, whatever you want, They've got it there. So where do you go to? Well, you go to offroadsystems.com.au. Offroadsystems.com.au. They are fabulous people. You'll really, really enjoy them. And they ship all the way around Australia. In fact, when I was there, they were talking about a shipment that's going out to Karatha. Karatha. Now, you can't go much further west in Western Australia than Karatha. So you just give them a call, 02-4647-6322. It's 02-4647-6322. One of the things I saw there the other day when I was with them, they had a vehicle there from the ACT. They had a vehicle there from Queensland, Queensland plates on it. Now, the people had obviously come down and been in New South Wales a while because maybe they couldn't get back to Queensland, whatever. So they're getting a super beaut draw system put in. Uh, And another vehicle there from Victoria. And they had driven up from Victoria, stayed the night in a hotel, put their vehicle in, came back the next morning, there's the vehicle already done. Oh, so clever. They are really, really good people. So there you go. Hey, I was talking to a friend of mine last week. Last week, his name's Arthur Cobb. Arthur, g'day to you. You are the most outstanding person. And Arthur said he really likes Keith Urban. I said, well, mate, if you like Keith Urban, we're going to play Keith Urban for you. So here we go. Where the blacktop ends. This is Keith Urban, where the blacktop ends. I think you'll enjoy this, Arthur. Good talking to you again last week. You're a great man. He is a great man. So there you go. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, you just tell others because we're on Facebook now, we're on Spotify now. You can go onto our website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. Same on the Facebook, On The Road Media. You find us, you like us, you do all the things. Share it around because our show's going all over Australia and we love being with you. So here we go for Arthur Cobb and for the rest of you, Keith Urban, where the blacktop ends. And the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well Gonna visit old friends And feed my soul With a black top ends hey! I'm looking down the barrel Of a ride at night And riding on a river of freeway lights A goodbye city I'm in country bound So Monday rolls around <laughs> Gonna kick off my 
my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, going visit old friends And feed my soul where the black top ends Working in the grind is an uphill road I'm punching that clock and carrying that load I busted all week and then I'm free The weekend belongs to me <laughs> I'm gonna kick off the shoes and run in bare feet With the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, gonna visit old friends And feed my soul where the black top ends So come on, give me some fresh air, give me that Sometime with you in my arms Far away from the hustle and the pressure and the noise Wanna kick out my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Going back to the well, going visit old friends Feed my soul, you betcha Wanna kick out my shoes and run in bare feet Where the grass and the dirt and the gravel on me Uh, Keith Urban, fabulous. Thank you, Keith. Thank you, Keith. And thank you, Arthur Cobb. That was just terrific. Now, Cub Campers, in fact, I was out at uh, Paravans recently. One of our sponsors was out at Paravans, and they had a Cub Camper there uh, for sale. And so I had a look through it. Oh, gee, what a beautiful bit of gear that is. What a beautiful bit of gear. So uh, they might still have that for sale because it was only a week ago that I was there. So, you know, Paravans at Windsor, if you want a Cub Camper, they might just have it. And it was like new, like new. But Cub Campers uh, gave us a, a few clues about what to do when, you, when you're getting ready to go camping. So what they've said is the camper trailer holidays can be a fantastic family trip and create fabulous memories and you relax out in nature and unplugged and distressed and uh, it's a recipe for some of the best times you'll ever have but camper trailer trips can take quite a bit of preparation and make sure that you know what to pack in your camper trailer for a successful trip after all when you're out in the bush it's tough to run to the shops and and then you know because you ran out of batteries or you forgot your butter or you know whatever it was that you forgot to pack so the thing to do is to prepare and the first thing to do in preparing is to make sure that you get maybe your car serviced, whatever you're going to tow with, get that serviced, and get your trailer serviced. It's important to have everything serviced regularly, but even more important to have it serviced if you're heading out on a lengthy camping trip and maybe you're going somewhere remote and you're going to be driving over unpaved roads and towing your camper and maybe you're doing a bit of off-roading and you want your vehicle and your trailer to be in tip-top shape to avoid the issues that can maybe derail your trip. So 
Ensure you get a full services done on your vehicle, including a tyre check, so that you can replace any worn-out parts. Ensure that your trailer brakes and your signal lights and things are all working correctly and everything inside your trailer is functional and your overhead lights are working, your fridge is working and, you know, it helps to set up your trailer, I would reckon, three or four days in advance to ensure that everything is set up and there's no surprises. So you've got to have a packing list a packing list so you you camp uh, your, your packing list it's crucial it's just it, it, getting everything ready for your holiday it's crucial that you plan that because you know you plan your holiday you got to plan your packing and forgetting an essential is never any really fun <laughs> so especially when there's no handy shops nearby to replace anything so a few days before your trip make a thorough list of of everything that you need to bring everything from clothing to cookware your cleaning supplies your tools your bedding, your entertainment, your camping supplies, a detailed list, and that'll keep you organised, and then you tick them off as you do them. Tick them off as you do them, otherwise you will get ticked off, I'm telling you. (laughs) So when it comes to shopping for what you need, um, yeah, your washing gear, finding and packing everything, it'll help when it comes time to to trim the list down, because you will trim the list. Your first list will be too long, and then you need to chop it down for as much as you can, so that you're not packing everything because the more full your trailer is, the less room there is for you. And, and it's a pain to navigate around your trailer. Uh, and it also weighs it down and you're using more fuel. So you try to find ways to use things in multiple ways to cut down on the excess. Like, you know, one pot might do for all of your cooking and one pair of shoes may be all you need for the trip. So you prepare as much as you can food-wise. You avoid bringing unnecessary items like... You, know, you might not need a cutting board, you might not need a peeler, uh, because if you're just using tins and things, but you'll be surprised how creative you can get. And, and then you've got to organise and prepare. So once you've got everything sorted, what you're going to pack into your camper trailer when, when that's finalised, it's time to organise everything else. So cramming everything into your trailer, that's not the best thing to do, because you'll arrive at your campsite and you'll find that everything's shifted and, you know, something's moved and, you know, something's fallen over and maybe... Maybe a bottle of tomato sauce or something is broken. <laughs> anyway, it, it's it's not the time to try and unsort things. So you label every drawer, you label your cupboards, you label your box, and you can make it as easy as possible to find things. So, you know, a little masking tape and a marker, that'll do it. That'll do it. You can mark everything then, you know what it is. And then you bundle all your loose items together. So you know, your cutlery and your plates, as well as your stacking cups and whatnot. And if you can latch your cupboards closed, latch your cupboards, then there's less chance of anything bursting open and, and spilling their contents. And if not, simply push a box in front to keep them secure. And then you've got to pack strategically. So if you figured out what to pack in your camper trailer, it's time to figure out how best to pack everything to make sure that everything fits and to make your unpacking just as easy as pie. So you place your heavy items lowest to the floor and, and then you disperse them evenly throughout the trailer. You try and get as much of the heavy stuff out of your axle, of course. And this will evenly distribute the weight to avoid any uneven pull on your trailer or any swaying. And then you strategically use your bedding, your towels to cushion and pad loose items so that nothing uh, gets wrecked after a sharp turn or anything like that. Then you try and pack your least used items first and your most used items last so that you have what you need as soon as you start unpacking. So make sure you keep your tools and anything you need to set up right at the very front of your trailer for easy access. So when you get to the campsite, 
consider if it's dark when you arrive or it happens to be raining or you want lanterns or bug spray or boots or raincoats or tarps, that they are right at your fingertips. So being prepared, that's half the battle, isn't it? When you're camping, it's half the battle. And if you can get that half done, then, then you've done good. You've done good. Hey, what about, when they say that's a good recipe for camping, what about we give you a good recipe for camping? So I'm going to give you a couple. If you've got your pencil handy, this is as simple as, as simple as it's plain damper, plain damper. Now, if you, if you haven't tried that, you've got to try damper. You've got to try damper. Now, you can do damper at home or you can do it in, you know, over, the, over the hot coal. So you just take four cups of self-raising flour, maybe a teaspoon of salt, and, and one and two-thirds cups of water, and you just sift the flour and the salt into a basin, add the water all at once and mix lightly, turn it down into a, a lightly floured board. So you just put some flour on, on your board that you're going to do the, and then you knead it gently, knead it gently until smooth. And if the mixture's sticky, you just add a bit more flour and you press it into a round shape and you place it into your camp oven. And that's been pre-lined with foil. And then you, you mark, when you put when you put it in to your camp oven, you mark it into wedges with a, with a floured knife. So you can put some flour on your knife and then you just mark it into wedges so that your knife doesn't stick. And then you place, you place your, your big pot, your camp oven, onto the hot coals. Now, cooking time's about 20 minutes or until the damper sounds hollow when you tap it. So if you tap the damper, it sounds hollow, yay! If you pierce it with a knife and it comes out clean, it's cooked. And then you just serve it with butter or a bit of bit of golden syrup, bit of cocky's joy. Golden syrup's fabulous. Honey's fabulous. Oh, you're just going to have a great time. Now, if you want it a little bit sweeter, then you just use three cups of self-raising flour, a cup of sugar. Uh, a cup of sugar, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. I mean, if you're talking sweet, by golly, you might want to go half sweet. A tablespoon of butter. You mix in some fruit and sultanas. Well, they've got some sugar in them as well. So, <laughs> And some milk. So... You mix the flour and the sugar, you rub in the butter until the mixture looks like breadcrumbs, you add the fruit and then enough milk to make a nice smooth dough and then you knead it lightly and they place it in the camp oven, again lined with foil and again you cook it for about 20 minutes and that should give you a bit of a sweeter damper. And if you want, oh, here's the naughty one, here's the naughty one, you've been waiting for the naughty one haven't you? It's the rum damper. So you take again your four cups of self-raising flour approximately three quarters of a cup to one cup of liquid. So that's a mixture of milk and rum. Now, I don't know what percentage of <laughs> rum you want and what percentage of milk you want. I'll let you decide on that. It could be <laughs> taste and try. Then you take a teaspoon of sugar, a little pinch of salt, and you mix the damper very quickly. You place it in a lightly floured camp oven again. You pour in a small amount of rum over the, rum over the top and you cook that for about three quarters of an hour. And I reckon that's going to be pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. But, yeah, <laughs> stay with the plain damper, I reckon. <laughs> Might be easier. Might be a bit safer. So that's fabulous. I think, we're, <laughs> I think we'll have a song. I don't know what song to give you after that. What do you reckon we should get? Something terrific. Hang on, I'll, I'll pull something out for you. I reckon we've got something here. Um, <laughs> well, I reckon... I reckon that's about the easiest recipe you can get. So if you reckon it's not, then what about Normie Row? It's not easy. But I reckon it is. But here's Normie Row. It's not easy. How you enjoyed that? Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. We're on the road. It's fabulous being on the road with you. And if you want to, go on to the website, ontheroadmedia.com.au. 
You can go onto Spotify, On The Road Media. You can go onto Facebook, On The Road Media. Like our page. Hey, and then you'll find that on Spotify, all of the shows are on there. I think there's 40 plus shows on there. Uh, so you've, you've got all the podcasts on Spotify for you. Facebook will be doing that as well. And, and we'll be organising some more things for you. We'll be trying to get some special stuff. So you know somebody that should be a sponsor and they've got some some product that is good product, an Aussie product, and and, and they reckon they can do a deal, then, then let's do a deal. Let's make it happen for you. We're going to try and make this the best show that you can ever have. And with you listening, hey, it's going to be. So here we go. Normie Row. It's not easy, but it is easy. You're going to make the easiest airport in the world. Here we go. Well, that's about the end of today's show, and it's been so terrific being with you. Don't forget, we've got Phil C coming up between four and six. He's doing Aussie flashbacks. If you love Aussie music, 
then you're going to love Phil C's show. But importantly, he's got Glenn Shorrock coming on. So just listen in for Glenn Shorrock and you will have all the rest of the show as a bonus because I think that's just going to be great. But we've got to say thank you to our sponsors today, which is Bold. Bold, you love Bold. BoldTCRC.com.au. BoldTCRC.com.au. That's Bold Trailer and Caravan Repair Centre. They are just terrific. And, of course, Paravans.com.au. Paravans, if you want a new Paravan, a new caravan, you go to Paravans. Paravans.com.au. And, of course, Off-Road Systems. So if you want drawers, if you want a draw kit for your car, if you want anything done electrical-wise to your car, whatever you need doing, uh, then offroadsystems.com.au. Hey, my name's Scott Gibbons. It's fabulous being with you. Don't forget we're on Spotify and all you do is to go to off, uh, on the road, on the road, <laughs> offroad systems, on the road.com.au and you'll find that on Spotify. You'll find that on, uh, so on the road media. It is on the road media. There you go. So you go to Spotify, you go to Facebook, and you can go to the web on theroadmedia.com.au. Hey, it's great being with you. I love doing the show with you each week. You are just fabulous. Thank you for the feedback we're getting. We're going to get a lot more feedback so much more easier now that we've got communication for you. It is just terrific. And you'll be in touch with us anytime that you want. And if you've got some suggestions for the show, then you just let us know. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons. Great being with you. This is On The Road, and I'll see you on the road next week. In the meantime, here's the executives with My Aim Is To Please You. And isn't that what we try and do each week? My Aim Is To Please You, and it's great being with you. Hey, it's Scott Gibbons, On The Road, and we'll see you next week. Yeah.